Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Tom, glad you're here. Lion, where are you? Stand up, man. You are in the Christmas spirit if there ever was. Son of a nutcracker. Woo-wee. I'll tell you what, what your hat say. Help me out. Oh, I love it. I love it. What's this series on? Culture. Culture. Gee. Lion, you've got plenty of culture. <laughs> you've got plenty of culture. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I've been saying the last couple of weeks, and and, uh, and I want to continue this week in, in saying, you know, the things about, oh, God, dog, Mark. <laughs> what is that one? Christmas. Wait a minute. It, pull it back up. Christmas tree. Help him out, Jeff. T-Rex. 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 I love it. I love it. Goodness gracious. So, our, <laughs> yeah, his does light up, Lion. So the series in culture. You know, have we lost? Have we lost Christ in Christmas in today's culture? Well, I mean, I think if you want to get headlong into it, yeah, you probably can say yes, we have. But it's up to us as men guiding our families and those around us that we come in contact with back to Christ. And not all cultural pieces have taken us away from Christ. You know, Phil did a series several years ago, and it was one of my favorites. Uh, he, he, he diagnosed some movie clips and talked about uh, pieces and components that go into great epic stories and why they're so important to us and why they touch us. Great epic stories contain three principal elements. The tragedy, the hero, and the restoration. And they all lived happily ever after. Where are some of those? I watched Miracle on 34th Street last night. And in Charles Dickens, The Christmas Carol. What about the Grinch? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, what's that got to do with Christ? Anybody know? What those toys that were exiled to the island of misfit toys? Is that not tragedy? And you got this hero, some deer with a red nose. And the gifts actually make it to the little boys and girls. It's a happy ending. A happy ending. The Grinch. Maybe a little more Christian gospel based. The whole town of Whoville is celebrating with gifts, toys, 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 the feast, the food, the drink, all the lights, all the lights. And the Grinch has it. It's not about any of those, except the Grinch needs what? What happens to the Grinch in the Grinch movie? His heart grows. Isn't that what the gospel's about? A heart change? It's the reason some of those movies are classics to us. Yeah, it may be culture, but if you look at it, there's a gospel story in it. Phil's working through this series with the incarnate, the fall. 
a Savior. Isn't that what Christmas is about? The birth of our Savior? And without his birth, we could not have his death for our sins. Heavenly Father, whoa, hang on a minute. I'm sorry. Heavenly Father, I had a moment. I got ahead of myself. I told you you were interrupting my time this morning. Blair Johnson, come on up. I need a report from you first, and then I'm going to open us with a prayer. I'll pray first. I'm going to do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. Lord, I thank you for my brothers. I thank you for Phil, and I thank you for the message that he shares each week. Lord, I'm always mindful, as we should be, that his message is from your word, that your word came to life. You are the word. You are our Savior. Your death brought us back to God, the Father. Thank you for your work on the cross. Thank you for your birth in the crib. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Blair, come up and give us an update on uh, Ebenezer, please. Uh, good morning. Uh, quick, quick update. So at Ebenezer Place, uh, we've actually hired a trim carpenter that uh, is showing up that uh, has started uh, installing our uh, tongue and groove board that's in the uh, vaulted part of the, the big open area. Uh, they finished yesterday. Uh, they're going to start wrapping that beam at the top today. And then they're going to start in the walls with the, uh, we got had uh, a bunch of old uh, barn tin donated to us. It's the, I call it five V groove tin. If y'all are familiar with what that looks like, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's rusted, got patina on it. You know, it's real, uh, uh, you know, got different levels of rust. I think it's going to look pretty, really good once they put it in. So the next, uh, next step is to start getting that installed right in here above these doors and get the doors framed out. And next week, the plan is to uh, get our roll-up doors put in. So we're actually starting to move along, believe it or not. I hate to even say anything about it because I don't want to jinx it, but uh, so far, so good. Uh, the uh, week after Christmas, we've done the uh, little small cabin, which I call the executive cabin. Uh, we had it demoed out. We've had it come in and foamed with insulation. And then Daniel Barr is coming down from uh, Tennessee the week after Christmas and start uh, doing the inside of it. Y'all saw an email yesterday from Phil about uh, anybody is available wants to come up and help that week. Uh, some of us are going to be staying up there some nights. Some of us be going back and forth, but we can use whatever help we can get. Uh, other than that, uh, just you know, keep praying for us that uh, all this keeps coming together. Uh, Roan wants to use it when in January, Roan? we that's a big ask, but uh, we're, we're trying. Uh, the other thing, too, that I, if uh, this is another thing that sometimes keeps me awake at night, but uh, we've got a stove that's coming. Uh, it's actually up in Arkansas right now in a warehouse, and, and I need a way to get it out of the parking lot down about six stairs onto the deck around that uh, 
uh, building there to be able to roll it in. It weighs 900 pounds. Uh, it's not something I can get out and lift or nor can three or four of us, I think, do it. So what we need is somebody has access to a boom truck, a wall, something that, you know, we can lift it and get it out and over onto the, uh, the deck where we can roll it into place. So if any of you guys know anybody that has something like that, uh, or if you have something like that, please let me know. Uh, you can, uh, we would, we, that's something we need. So thanks. Thank you, Blair. <clears throat> Wall or a boom truck? How about nine guys who can lift 100 pounds apiece? Any volunteers? Nine guys who can lift 100 pounds apiece. Nine guys who can lift 100 pounds. No takers on that all. All right, well, included in this. old guys in the room, Joe. Okay. Well, can you write a check? If you can't lift 100 pounds, can you write a check? If we, if we distribute this out, I bet we can get that done. There was an email that went out about the matching gift that, uh, that, that we have for Ebenezer, $16,000. I think I heard you say you're looking for $9,000 in gifts. Is it 9,000 or 16,000? Well, 16 has come in. We're looking for the other nine. I'm sorry. There we go. Should have read the email closer. That's right. Should have read Think the email closer. It. Yep. Yep. It. So we need nine guys that can do a thousand dollar check and we'll be okay. Or ninety guys to do a hundred dollar check. Yeah, we're not gonna get there. <laughs> and if you can't write a check, at the bottom of the handout is a QR code. You can use it, scan it with your phone, and you can make a donation to Ebenezer that way. Guys, so what does Ebenezer do for us? It's the starting place. It is the starting place for healing. Show of hands of the number of guys in this room that have been to Deer Camp. Get their names. <laughs> Ron, I'm more interested in the names of the guys that have not been. Yeah. It's where the healing begins. And when I say that's where the healing begins, and you can say, yeah, I've been to a church retreat. Yeah, I've been to my deer camp. I've gone on trips with guys. Guys, I'm going to tell you, there is something so special. Ron, I want you to pay attention to this now, because you normally don't come in late. Ebenezer is such a special place that there are people from around the country that are coming to Holmes County, Mississippi to sit in a deer camp for the weekend, not necessarily because of their brokenness, but because they've heard about the program and they've seen the results of it and they want to know how to make their program work like deer camp does here. I see you nodding your head back there. You two guys have always been special. Not short school bus special, but special. <laughs> the work that you do at Ebenezer through the groups, 
I've been invited to attend a little hangar get-together Tuesday of next week. Guys that have come out of that, that grew out of Ebenezer. The idea of franchising him. Franchising. Kind of like promise keepers? No, this isn't a promise keepers trip. This is something real. The tragedy. The hero. The recovery. Where are you? Ebenezer's a place where it happens. Please help us get it completed so that the men can enjoy their time there in a little bit more comfort. We're trimming it out of used barn tin. There's not been an extravagance of money spent up there. I pray you'd find it on your heart to, to help us get that completed. Let's get started. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Morning, gentlemen. Um, good to be together um, this morning. So I want to offer you a check the mic. It's on. Check one four ten four nine seven nine seven eight four. Hello. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Oh. So, gentlemen, who in the room knows where Fisk University is? Anybody? No? No? Fisk University is in Nashville, Tennessee. And I have a song that I want to offer you uh, that really comes to us through John Wesley Work, Jr. Uh, nobody knows who wrote this song. Um, and uh, it is known to be a Negro uh, spiritual. And John Wesley Work made it famous by being the choir uh, as a church choir director and, and professor at Fisk University. He put together uh, the first African American um, book of Negro spirituals, and his um, choir began to raise money um, in the eighteen. Um, uh, late 1860s, after the Civil War and early 1870s, in order to keep Fisk University, Black University, open. And one of the songs that he discovered, and of course it wasn't easy to collect Negro spirituals because most of them were passed on orally from plantation to plantation, and few were ever written down. But this is one that was written down. Uh, we all know it. We all love to sing it. But, you know, part of the reason that I'm uh, sharing it is because I'm still in a kind of East Tennessee uh, frame of mind uh, with uh, the passing of Papa, my, uh, my dad. And uh, just tell you just uh, one, one quick story, even um, as we continue to Judy and I, my sister, grieve uh, his homecoming and celebrate his, uh, his life. Um, Mamaw, uh, my mother, died seven years ago. She died on November the 30th. And we thought Papa was going to die on November the 30th. And he lasted another few hours, and so he died on December the 1st. And as I told you last week, their birthdays were back-to-back. -back. Mamaw was born on December 27th. 
and Papaw was December 28th. And then they died November 30th and December 1st. In life and death, they were back to back <laughs> together. When Mamaw died seven years ago, I bought Papaw a journal and um, I encouraged him uh, to journal. And I said, Papaw, you know, it's, it's a big loss and, uh, you know, write down what you're feeling, what you're thinking. And uh, he started doing that. And uh, he told me he was writing in his journal and he said, this is hard. And I said, yeah, it's hard. And so um, a few months went by and, and uh, the next time I was visiting him, um, I said, Papa, are you still writing in your journal? He said, no, I'm not writing in my journal. I quit that. You quit that? He said, yeah, it made me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> and gentlemen, that is how a counselor is born. <laughs> and so, and so when, um, you know, when we, when Judy and I went into the house and, you know, we're walking through the house, I shared a card with you last week and I, I gathered some books um, that I'd bought Papa and there's reading. I told Judy, I said, I want to find that journal. I want to find that journal. And we looked and we couldn't find the journal. And Judy called me on Sunday and she said, I found the journal. Kind of like <laughs> every time I tell this, it makes me think of Ron's story with uh, his, uh, his brother, Bill. I found Herschel's ashes. <laughs> you got to hear that story. It's hilarious. So it's like, uh, I found the journal. I said, really? She said, yeah, I opened it up. And I said, well, how many pages are written in it? She said, well, it's hard to tell how many pages are written in it. And I said, what do you mean it was hard to tell how many pages are written in it? She said, well, he tore out all the pages that he had written on. And, and, and that was my dad. He tore the pages out because he didn't want to, anybody to know how much he was hurting and how he was hurting. He tore them out and threw them away. But he kept the journal. I'm thinking, why don't you just throw the journal out? Because Papa wouldn't throw anything out. And that's part of our dilemma is trying to gather up all his stuff and uh, clear out that house. So um, I'm in an East Tennessee kind of uh, uh, mindset still. Go tell it on the mountain. Uh, plenty of mountains in East Tennessee. I draw your attention to just the primary chorus in the song. All I said, go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And guys, imagine uh, the beautiful people uh, uh, in a, on a plantation singing this song with great joy under the conditions that they were living in. Imagine that. Go tell it on the mountain. May you hear the voice of God this morning. This is a version by Zach Williams. Fantastic.
Amen. Go tell it. Go tell it. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. Words in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. We forgot to mention that next week um, is guest day uh, for fathers uh, and sons and daughters of all ages. Bring your little ones and bring your big ones. Uh, so that's always a fun um, gathering, uh, last uh, gathering of the year. And uh, we'll do some fun things and uh, welcome uh, our families um, into the room. So father, son, daughter, day of all ages next Thursday. Christmas, culture, and Jesus. Take up your pen. I want you to write this down. I showed you this last week. Um, this idea of Christmas and culture um, and Jesus. Um, Christmas and Jesus, unfortunately, are not synonyms. Uh, the world celebrates Christmas, and many um, deny Jesus. Um, but what we're talking about in terms of Jesus flying into the culture is three words, and I want you to write this down because I want you to hear this um, with pen in hand. Listen with your pen, always the best way. Word became flesh. That's what we're talking about. That's what we celebrate. Jesus, the word, became flesh. And so what we've got here, obviously, when we talk about the word, we're talking about Jesus. And the amazing thing is that Jesus, God, became human. It's amazing. The passage we read last week, Philippians chapter 2, he left the seat at the right hand of God um, and humbled himself to become human. And so what we've got is the God-man. And when we've got the God-man, now we have got that which is acceptable to bring restoration. Theologically, we call it propitiation. Jesus satisfied the requirement for a holy, unblemished sacrifice that would be acceptable to God to bring forgiveness and restoration to us. And so we become a community of believers. And as we become a community of believers, we become Jesus with skin. And most of you heard me tell this story. Most of you know this story. Little girls being put to bed by daddy. He tucks her in. Uh, she says her prayers. He leaves the room, cuts the light out, goes downstairs. Storm comes in kind of like it was yesterday morning. I woke up yesterday morning uh, at Marek's house. I stay at Marek's house when I'm, when I'm here. And I have a pad where Yofi sleeps on, my dog. And I, I, uh, I woke up about 3.30. You know why I woke up. That's mm -hmm. obvious. 
Um, I woke up and I looked over and Yofi was on the wrong side of the bed. She was on the other side of the bed and she was standing straight up and she was just shaking. And I didn't know why she was shaking because I, I sleep so soundly. And then I, I, I paused there for a minute and all of a sudden I heard the thunder and the lightning and poor little Yofi, my, my sweet dog was scared to death. Kind of like the little girl in the thunderstorm. So daddy hears her crying and he runs upstairs and he cuts the line on. He says, sweetheart, what's the matter? And the little girl says, daddy, daddy, I'm afraid. It's thundering and it's lightning. I'm afraid. And daddy says, he gives her the Sunday school answer. And he says, well, just pray and God will comfort you. And the little girl looked at daddy and said, yeah, but daddy, I need something with skin on it to hold me. I need something with skin on it. And guys, that's the beauty of the incarnation. We get to be Jesus with skin on it. And so we get to be the expression. So you and me get to sit with those who are hurting. We get to serve those who are in need. And we get to share with those who need to be loved. And that's what we've been talking about. That's the incarnation. To sit and just sit. You don't have to say anything. In fact, when you start talking, you start getting stupid like Job's friends. Just sit. As the incarnation, as Jesus with skin on it, we get to serve. In whatever way, um, we get to serve those who are in need. And then we get to share. And a lot of times, the sharing is just giving people our eyes. Uh, a lot of what I do in my counseling office is helping men especially learn how to love with their eyes. You cannot resolve conflict without eye contact, I believe. Because so much of what we need is connection. And the scripture says the eyes are the window to the heart. Look and see her heart. I know she's hard to live with. I know. But look at her eye. Yeah, look her in the eyes. And dude, it's so funny getting guys to look in their wife's eyes. I mean, again, why I keep doing this? It's just fun. It's just entertaining. It's like, why look in her eyes. I, uh, uh, uh. I'd rather wrestle a bear. You know? So let's work in our journal. Let's do some journaling that you're not going to tear the pages out of. So I got three questions for you this morning. First question, as part of the incarnation, celebrating um, Jesus' birth. Number one, what are you grateful for this Christmas season? Man, when we've got the incarnation to be thankful for, should our lives not be filled with gratefulness? What are you grateful for? Write it down. I'll shut up. What are you grateful for? Write it down concretely. I know you're grateful generally, but what are you specifically grateful for?
grateful, grateful. I'm grateful for my dad, for his life. 95 years at the end of this month, almost made it to 95. <clears throat> Second question, as part of the incarnation, greater love has no man than he laid down his life for his friend. Is, the, is uh, John chapter 15, the ex uh, expression of Jesus. I mean, no greater love. And so my question to you is, who do you love? And from whom do you feel loved? With the incarnation uh, being celebrated this season, we ought to be filled with love. And yet we're filled with how we're going to get the Christmas shopping done. And where we're going to get money to pay for that. It's just like the culture just robs us. But take a minute and answer those two questions. Who do you love? Who do you love? And from whom do you feel loved? Those may not be the same people. Express that. This weekend, um, I will buy Christmas cards that I will work really hard to pick out. Won't be some sort of, you know, generic non script Christmas card. It'll be Christmas cards as best as is available to me that I will choose very deliberately uh, in order to give to my girls, uh, Carla, Audrey, and Abigail at Christmas. And I will spend time writing a personal blessing to them. And I've done that since, well, all their life. It'll be my way of expressing love to them It'll be more than just buying them a gift with a bow on it, but it'll be the words from their father. And they've got boxes of these cards that I've given them through the years. How will you express love with your eyes, with your words this Christmas? More than just, you know, a gift, but truly the gift of your life, your incarnational love as an expression of Jesus with skin on it. And then the third question that I'd ask you to respond to is, for whom do you hurt right now? Whose suffering is moving you to take action? And, it, uh, you know, we've all been moved by Coach Leach's uh, passing. I mean, what a tragedy. We all love football, and, you know, we all feel close to his family, um, such a sadness. Um, in my own grief, I grieve with the Leach family. And you know people right now um, that are hurting. It's called empathy. We need more empathy. Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. And what's the latter part? And weep with those who weep. Grieving is laughing well and crying well. And it's the idea of empathy. So I want you to take a couple minutes and uh, pair up and share your gratitude and your love 
and your empathy. Spend a few minutes just sharing that with a friend. Make a friend. Gentlemen, let's uh, work together. Let's work together. <clears throat> God's given us an incarnational faith. Uh, we need more time uh, of verbalizing what's going on in our heart. And uh, maybe some of these conversations can take place over a lunch or a cup of coffee. Uh, but these are the kind of things that we want to keep talking about with each other and in our families. I you to turn over to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. And this is an incarnational passage. Uh, two weeks ago when we started this series, um, you know, we kind of anchored ourselves in John chapter 1. The Word became flesh. Um, last week I shared Philippians chapter 2 the first 11 verses where Jesus uh, invites us into this life that's real because he came uh, surrendering um, his own positional uh, status with the father and became human. Listen to this passage. This is a Christmas passage I would suggest to you. This is incarnational living. Second Corinthians chapter one. Verse 3, all praise to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus, the Messiah. 
Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. Now listen to this. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And how does he do that? How does he do that? He comes alongside us. He's with us now. He's with me now. Comes alongside us. And he does it both in the, in the mysterious way that his spirit is always with us, invisible and yet present. And the other way he does it is through you and me. I told this story before and I want to tell it again now. When we started Men's Roundtable some 13 years ago now, Jeff, is it, is it 13 years, something like that? And, and, and C Spire Cellular South uh, moved here to this building. Um, Hugh and I had breakfast, um, and Hugh was one of the first men that I ever met when I moved from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to begin my graduate work at RTS. And as God's providence would have it, I was introduced to some guy named Hugh Mina and uh, Kurt Presley. And I had breakfast with Kurt and Presley and Steve Froelich at Cracker Barrel. And Hugh and I have been friends ever since, and I, I love Hugh dearly. And, I, and so Hugh and I, before um, the move took place out here, had breakfast, and I said, Hugh, when you guys move out here, why don't we start a men's group? He said, let's do it. And that's, that's how we started. And we had like 12 guys upstairs on the second floor. I have my own broken story, very broken story. And those of you who have been to Deer Camp and Ebenezer Place, you've heard me tell the story. And um, you need to come to Deer Camp to hear it. But because of my broken story, Hugh got an anonymous letter the night before we started Men's Roundtable. And the anonymous letter on Hugh's desk said, do not let Phil Harden start a men's group, a Bible study at C Spire. He's not who you think he is. Um, he's damaged. You better not let him do that. And Hugh um, went to our, my, our mutual friend, Richard Ridgeway. Richard's a dear friend. And Hugh said, what is this all about? And Richard said, look, I know the whole story. Phil's a broken man. He's gone through the process of healing. You can trust him. Let him do it. And that's how we came to see Spire. Now, that's the incarnational gospel. Listen to those words again with that story in mind. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. We were in Canada, and I think, Phil, you were on that trip, if not, if I remember. And I'm telling the story that when I stand at that time, often before the men on Thursday morning, my fear is, is that somebody's going to stand up over here or over here, and they're going to yell out, Bill Harden, you're a fraud. And I have the had, I don't have it now. After 13 years, I've kind of overcome that fear. But the reason I've overcome it is because in Canada, when I shared that with the guys that were on our summer trip, then Patrick Harmon stood up and he said, Phil, if that ever happened on Thursday morning, I'd be the first one to jump up and stand alongside you. And then everybody 
in that tent at Harmony, or not Harmony, um, Blue Brana uh, Ranch stood up and stood alongside me. Guys, that's what we've got to have. I mean, thank you, Jesus, for giving me pa uh, Phil Dixon and Roan Hunter and Patrick Harmon and many of you in this room. We've got to have somebody come alongside us. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. I need something with skin on it, Daddy, to hold me. That's what we're talking about. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who's going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. It's the incarnation. Now listen to this next paragraph. We, when we suffer for Jesus, it works out for your healing and salvation. If we are treated well, given a helping hand and encouraging word, that also works to your benefit, spurring you on, face forward, unflinching. Your hard times are also our hard times. Isn't that a power? I mean, you want to get a tattoo? Get that tattooed on, on your forehead or something or your butt cheek or something, I don't know. Your hard times are also our hard times. I'm with, I'm with you. When we see that you're just as willing to endure the hard times as to enjoy the good times, we know you're going to make it, no doubt about it. Guys, there's not a circumstance or a relationship that you're being challenged by that I can necessarily change. It's your circumstance. It's your relationship challenge. But I can come alongside you and I can sit and serve and share. And guys, that's what the incarnation is about. Jesus coming to be with us. It's an incredible picture. I want to um, show you um, this clip that is a man who is transformed. Charles Dickens wrote the character of Ebenezer. He named him Ebenezer. Think about it. He could have named him Harry, you know, but nobody would care about Harry. Ebenezer, God helps. And Ebenezer has gone through a lifetime in one night. In one night, he was visited by the ghost of Christmas, past, present, and future. His whole life is laid out before him, and he wakes up on Christmas morning, and he is a changed man. Watch this. Come in, Uncle Billy. <laughs> that's the wrong clip. <laughs> no, that's, that's probably my fault, Jeff. That's... That's, it's a wonderful life. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> That's not it. That's okay. That's okay. We'll continue. We're about out of time anyway. So you can watch that. It, it, it should be on your handout there, even, even the link. Let me see. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the link. You got it? All right, Jeff's fast. All right, watch this, Ebenezer Scrooge. 
Day is it? What day? What's well, Christmas Day, Costa? Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Then I haven't missed it. <laughs> the spirits must have done everything in one night. Of course, they can do anything, can't they? Of course they can. <laughs> Are you quiet yourself, sir? What? I don't know. No, I, I don't think so. I hope not. What? <laughs> the curtains are still here. They're still here. You didn't, you didn't tear them down and sell them. Hmm? They're, they're here now. Everything's here. I'm here. <laughs> and the shadows of things that would be can still be dispelled. And they will be. I know they will be. I know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm as light as a feather. Oh. I'm as happy as a. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a. I'm as giddy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. <laughs> a merry Christmas, Ebenezer. <laughs> you old humbug. <laughs> And a happy new year, as if you deserved it. <laughs> Gentlemen, I, I could watch that every morning, and I wish I had the time to do that. I mean, listen to the words in that. I'm not the man that I once was. I'm giddy as a schoolboy. Everything, he, he says at one point, everything that has happened can be rectified. In the clip that I was going to show you that I've run out of time was when he goes to nephew Fred's house and he reconciles. He, he starts making all of the wrongs in his life right. Gentlemen, don't go through Christmas mad at somebody. Don't, don't go through Christmas humbugging your way through difficult circumstances, nobody would minimize the challenges that you're going through and the suffering that others are involved in in your life. It's real. But my goodness, the Word has become flesh. There is hope. I'm so glad that we can spend this time together. May you have a great, great incarnational day and be filled with the joy as we see it in Ebenezer Scrooge. Let's close in prayer. <clears throat> Father, we rejoice that you have given us a hope way beyond our culture in the stupid, crazy stuff that we see going on around us, the foolishness of the world. Um, Father, I thank you that you declared war on the enemy, uh, that you have crushed his head, even though he bruised your heel. And we celebrate um, his coming 
his being here with us. We love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great day.